Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. If you're looking for a church home, we want to invite you and your family to be a part with us every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information about Summit Church, you can visit YourSummitChurch.com. We believe that God wants to speak to you, and we pray that your life is encouraged and inspired through today's message. Father, we just thank you that you are our way maker. Lord, we are just so thankful and, and, and ready to receive your word this morning. Lord, we thank you for the joy that you deposit in our hearts. We thank you that, Lord, where there is no way, you make a way. God, we just praise you. We give you glory. We magnify your name. We, we thank you for a lot of answered prayers in the last week. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are moving and doing great things among your people. Lord, we just ask you to stir our hearts this morning. Help us, Heavenly Father, to be full of your grace, full of your truth, full of your power, God. Help us, Lord, to totally be committed to, to your will and your way. Help us to be completely submitted to what you want for our lives and the purposes that you have for our lives. And God, just cause your joy to erupt out of our lives and touch every single person around us, God. We thank you and we celebrate you, Jesus. We celebrate you throughout this entire month and Lord, really all of the time. But, but we celebrate you especially right now because we are remembering what you did for us and how you came to make a difference in our lives. And so we just want to say thank you this morning, Jesus. We want to say thank you. And we just ask you to anoint your word. We ask you to anoint this message this morning so that people's lives will be changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I'm so glad that you joined us this morning here at Summit Church. I am sitting down right now, uh, which is not normal for me. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But I'm doing it because uh, I have just gotten out of quarantine. I did, I did uh, contract COVID. And uh, man, thank God it wasn't too rough on us. Janae and I both have gone through it and we're past it. But I still feel a little bit low energy. So if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and sit today. And um uh, I just want to get right into this message because I think it will really, truly impact your life as I know it's impacting my life as I'm studying it. But today I want to start our series called A Classic Christmas, and we just wanted to take what Christmas is really all about. We want to just get back to the basics and, and talk about Mary's song and Joseph's dream and Jesus' birth. This is a story that has changed lives. This is a story that's literally changed our world. And I'm so thankful that God gives us the honor and the privilege of carrying that message, that gospel, to, to everyone that we come in contact with. And so I just want to say thank you, church, for being, being a church that embraces the gospel of Jesus Christ, embraces the fact that we need a Savior, and Jesus is that Savior, and that He died for our sins, and He rose again from the dead, and I want, I want to thank you that you are people of faith who share your faith with other people and who live a life that is connected to and conducted by the Word of God. And I just, want to, I just want to encourage you today, you and I, that this is not the time to get behind. This is not the time to be lax. This is not the time to embrace any kind of spiritual apathy or indifference. But this is the time to go all in. This is the time to lean in to what God has for us and lean into His presence and lean into His Word and lean into worship and lean into uh, everything that we can to become more like him so that we can make a greater impact in the earth. So today I want to talk to you about the subject of Mary's song of joy. Mary's song of joy. You know, we're in the middle of this and have begun something that we call uh, the uh, Spread the Joy campaign. Now, I will just tell you that uh, we were going to start it a little bit more. Uh, it's going to pick up steam and speed throughout December and then going into our vision uh, weekends in January and moving throughout the year, but we but we really wanted to get a start, and then we all got quarantined. So <laughs> so sorry about that. But I want to go ahead and encourage you that there are some steps you can take to be a part of the Spread the Joy campaign, because here's what we believe: we believe that God has called us to carry His gospel, and the gospel is the good news. It it, it is good news. It's not bad news. It's not hard news. It's good news. It's the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the power of God to forgive 
sinful man to do what only he could do and, and, and not what we could do. We, we, we cannot do what Jesus did for us, for ourselves. We cannot. We don't have the power. We don't have the ability. But we do have the ability, once we have this relationship with God, to carry that message, to carry the gospel, because it's the good news. We want to spread the joy. And as we study this this morning, uh, and I would take my text, I want you to understand that this is, this is what Mary was doing. When Mary was confronted by the angel, I mean, and told, you're going to be carrying the Son of God, um, her response was amazing. We'll talk about that in a moment, but her response was absolutely, well, I just hope that would be my response. I hope that my response to whatever God asks me to do is the way Mary responded. Because here's what she did. She just basically said, okay, God, go for it. Let's do it. And then she went into a song. And her song was this celebration. It was a song of joy. Uh, of God fulfilling his promises, God keeping his word, God bringing to pass his will and his purpose in the earth. And so today, I just want us to grab a hold of that joy. I want to grab a hold of that spirit of joy. Listen, there's a lot of people right now that are down, and, and you may be one of them, but I want to encourage you, believer, listen, you don't need to be down. You don't need to be defeated. It, your circumstances may not be great. You may not feel the best. You may wonder what's going to happen. You may be going through all of that, like all of us have, and are through over the last months and, you know, into the future. But let me just tell you something. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You don't have to be defeated. You don't have to be overcome or overwhelmed. But you can be full of joy. You know, joy is not that mere happiness, that emotion of happiness. Joy is much more than that. Joy is that calm, confident assurance that everything's going to be okay because God has got us. God's going to take care of us. And, and that joy, when we can really walk in that joy, that peace, that rest, fully trusting God, then what happens is we, we can absolutely just let go of fear and doubt and control and all of that kind of stuff and allow God to do what he's going to do. And in that, there is joy, there is happiness, there is peace to be found. And it's not joy or peace or happiness like the world gives. It's only what God can give. And so I just want to encourage you, believer, today, listen, hold fast to God. Don't let him go. Hold fast to his promises. Hold fast to his word. Set your faith on things above, not on things below. The, the Bible tells us that, that we should be thinking higher and not lower. We should be thinking about God's ways and not man's ways. We should be conforming ourselves in the image of Christ, not in the image of the world. Because you know what? The world has nothing to give us that can help us really. But God can really help us. Because what God is helping us with is not just our current circumstances, but even beyond that. So thankful that God has helped us through so far. I'm so thankful that God has helped you through so far. And some of you who have experienced harder and more difficult circumstances than others, I just want to encourage you, don't let go of the hand of God. Don't give up, but let your, let your spirit be touched by the Spirit of God and surrender to God's will and purpose for your life and just let the joy of the Lord be your strength. So our text this morning is Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. And uh, it says this, it says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. I'm going to read it one more time. Luke chapter 1, verse 38, we're reading out the New International Version. It says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Some translations say it this way, be it unto me as you have said. Have you ever been surprised? Have you ever just been caught completely off guard? I remember one time uh, we lived in a parsonage when we first started out in ministry. And we were, uh, uh, our parsonage, or the, the parsonage is, a, is, for some of you who may not know, is a house that a church owns. Uh, a lot of times this is in denominational settings and it's a house that the church owns that the pastor lives in. And so uh, when we were first starting out, we were about 22, 23 years old, pastoring a church in Oklahoma, and we had a parsonage. And the parsonage was about uh, a couple of blocks from the church. So I might walk to the office quite a bit and back. 
And so at lunchtime one day, I decided to go home for lunch, and I went home, and Janae was there, and we had lunch together. And then uh, I, I was headed back to the office. And so uh, not long before that, and our church was kind of in the hood, our, our house was kind of in the hood, and, and, and so we had been robbed. When we were on vacation, we came home to our home being robbed. So Janae was already a little bit jumpy. And, uh, but we had gotten past that and we, we felt okay. And so, uh, you know, she was, uh, after lunch, she went into the utility room, which is in the back of the house. And, and I left through the back door to walk across the yard and go over to the church. And I got about halfway to my office and I remembered, oh, there was a book I wanted that's at home. And so I, I was going to go back and get it and then go back to the office. And so Janae thought, I'm gone. So she's back there, you know, doing laundry or whatever she was she's doing. And I, I came right back through that door. Now, so I had left, and she thinks I'm gone. She has no reason to believe that I'm coming back. And she's sitting there working, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm running, kind of jogging, and I bust through that door. And when I bust through the door, she's standing probably three or four feet away from me. Well, let me just tell you, it was a huge surprise to her, and she she jumped and screamed, and then y'all, let me just tell you something, I don't ever worry about Janae Gadbury, because she can take up for herself, <laughs> that girl beat me up, man, I'm telling you, she just, it was almost like her eyes rolled in the back of her head, and she started swinging at me, and I'm telling you, I had to cover and duck and get down and and uh, finally, I, I was saying, Janae, stop. It's me. It's me. It's me. And, uh, and, and so she quit finally. And then, then I put my arms around her, and she just totally just collapsed and cried and bawled. And you scared me. Don't you ever do that again. And, but it was such a surprise to her. It was, it was a, a alarming. And, uh, you know, sometimes in life, that's, that's what happens to us. Things unexpected come through the door. Things that we don't see coming, things that are shocking, they're, they, they catch us off guard. Sometimes they're good things, sometimes they're bad things, and, and, and sometimes we, we just don't know how to respond. I mean, Janae went into a meeting, you know, we all have this flight or fight mechanism, and she definitely is not a flight person, she is a fight person. I mean, when, it, when, when it's time to go, that girl will go, and uh, uh, it was just such an a crazy moment. But you know, I think some of us that's that's what happens when there's an alarming situation or a surprise, an unexpected occurrence or an event in our lives. We don't know how to respond and sometimes we respond with fighting when there's really no reason to fight. Uh, sometimes we 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 respond with flight, we run away from it when when really there's no reason to run. And sometimes we don't know how to respond so we freeze. And we don't know what to do. Life can be that way. And, and, and I can imagine that's what this was like for Mary. I mean, I mean, think, think of it for a moment. Think, think, think about it for a moment. Mary's this young Jewish girl who is engaged to be married to the love of her life, apparently. And, and everything seems to be going along just as normal as, as, as it would. And all of a sudden... She gets a visit from the angel Gabriel, and he begins to share with her God's intentions for her. And I can't imagine anything being more shocking than that. Her age, her circumstances. Her, she's, she's, she comes from humble circumstances. She's not an elite. She's not royal. She's not really noticeable, if you, if you think about it. She was just a normal person. But God saw something in her. He saw something in her that was beautiful and wonderful. Saw some, a heart that he wanted to use, a, a character that he wanted to put on display, a, a vessel that he wanted to carry his message. I, I cannot imagine what must have gone through her mind. I, can, I can't imagine what she must have been feeling. And uh, her response is just incredible. Her response is just amazing. I mean, it, it just it's it's overwhelming. I mean, think think about it. The it says in in ver, excuse me in uh, um, verse let's see verse thirty four 
of chapter 1 of Luke, it says, Mary says, uh, excuse me, verse 32, it says, He will be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And her response was this, I am the Lord's servant. Your word, may your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And then Mary erupts into this beautiful song. Man, let that be our response to the unexpected things in life. Especially those things that are God-driven, God-led. You know, sometimes we, we're going along our life and our life seems pretty normal and it's just average and everything is what it is and our life's like everybody else's life, but God has something more for us. And I just want to share with you today that that's, that's the fact. For every single one of you watching this, whether, whether you made that decision to follow Christ or not, or whether you're right on the beginnings of that, or whether you're a person who's been away from God but you've come back, or whatever the case may be, maybe you haven't even made the decision at all yet, but let me just say something. There's a reason you're in a part of this worship experience today. And I just want to share with you that, listen, God has something special for you. God sees something he wants to do in your life. He, he had a purpose for you, and that's why you were born. And, 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 and he wants to redeem that in you. He wants to use that in you. He wants to do something significant in your life. You're, you're a follower of Christ. You're not an average person. You're not mediocre. You're not a person of no value or of no substance. You are a child of God. You are a follower of the King of kings, the Lord of lords. There is purpose in you. There is destiny in you. And sometimes when God comes to us and he brings things that he wants for our lives, and sometimes when we have to face unexpected circumstances or situations that we, we, we respond inappropriately or respond uh, in ways that we don't, because we don't understand what to do or how to respond. And I just want to say to you today, let your response be like the response of Mary, <laughs> the, the, the joy of the Lord, that, that this, this absolute eruption of praises to God and submission to his will. So today I want to talk to you about three, the three joys of Mary's song. There are three joys of Mary's song. And the first is this, joy number one, the joy of submission. Mary had to be incredibly shocked and amazed. She, she must have been going through major emotional ups and downs. The honor, the fear of the unknown, the reverence of God, the challenge to obey. I mean, what an amazing spiritually free young lady to be able to just submit and not wrestle with God. How liberating and joyful that kind of life must be. Just purely and completely letting ourselves go submissively into the hands of God. You know, there's joy in that. I think a lot of our lack of joy and a lot of our anxiety and a lot of the stress that we have is because we're going through this, this wrestling match with God as to who's going to be in charge of our lives. He saved us. He's redeemed us. He's given us purpose. He created us yet we still want to fight him over who's going to be in control. He gave us free will. He loved us so much, and he wanted us to love him. And in order to love someone, you have to have the free will to do that, to choose that. And so he gave us free will, but with that free will comes this struggle on the inside of us as to are we going to surrender and submit to God, or are we going to take charge and say, I want to do what I want to do in my life. I, I, I'm sure, positive, that Mary had plans. I'm positive that Mary had plans. She had a future. Her and her husband, Joseph, had plans. They were, they were engaged to be married. They were betrothed, and they were going to be married. And They had their life planned out, I'm sure, and they had, they had dreams, and they had uh, uh, things that they wanted to accomplish in life. But when God, when God encountered, or when the angel encountered Mary, she had one response, submission. Why? Why was her response submission? Why was she so fast, so quick to say, God, whatever you want? I can tell you why. Because she knows her God. Because 
she truly felt honored and privileged that God chose her. I wonder if that's our thinking. I wonder if that's the way we think. It's an honor to serve you, God. It's an honor to do things your way. It's an honor to live according to your plan and your purpose. It's a privilege. You chose me. I, I can't even imagine why, but thank you so much. I mean, this should be the attitude. This should be in the mentality. This is why she had joy uh, because she was free because she wasn't encumbered by her own rebellion. She wasn't encumbered by her own selfishness. She wasn't encumbered by her desire to do her thing. But she was completely surrendered to God. It is a privilege and an honor to be used by you. It's a privilege and an honor to submit to your will and to your purpose and your plan. And I just totally give up to that. I totally give up. I give my life into your hands and I don't try to take control. It's you, God. It's you that I want. It's your presence that I need. It's your will that I want to do. And I surrender to that. Can, can you imagine in our lives how much joy comes with that? Because there's no wrestling with it. There's no, there's no challenge. When we read the Word and the Word speaks to our heart, we don't go, well, you know, I don't know if that's really, I don't know if I can really. No, there's none of that. If, if we really, truly are surrendered to God, no, we just do what God says. Right. We just follow God's word. We just go with God's plan. We just live out God's purpose. And there's no struggle and there's no anxiety and stress over that because we just say it's a privilege and an honor to serve God. I mean, think about this. What is joy, really? Joy is the freedom from anxiety. Joy is the freedom from that internal conflict that goes on on the inside of us. Joy is that freedom from fear and doubt. Joy is that freedom of having to do things your own way. That freedom from self-centeredness and selfishness. Joy is the freedom from the enslavement to our own stubbornness, sinfulness, and rebellion. Even emotionalism. When you don't have all those things going on in your life, that is joy. The 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 the. the Joy, sometimes you have negative circumstances, you can still have joy. Why? Because you don't have those internal things going on inside of you. You're not allowing your inside to be affected. You're not allowing the storms on the external parts of your life to create storms in the internal parts of your life. That's true joy. When you just have peace and you just say, Hey God, whatever you want for me, Father, whatever you desire for my life, I'm not going to argue with it. I'm not going to wrestle with it. I'm not going to rebel against it. I'm just going to submit to it. There is so much joy and so much peace in that. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, Jesus is talking to the Jewish people, and he had been talking to them about the law and some different things, and, and, and religiously they were beat down. Religiously they were overwrought. They felt like they couldn't live up to the standards that were set before them, and they were tired and worn down. And, and religion, as it had, had been co-opted by people hungry for power, had just become an oppressive force in their life. And Jesus was speaking to them, and he said something so interesting. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You know what this is? This is Jesus telling us that true joy, life, divine rest, and peace are found in godly submission. You know, a lot of us, we read that part that says, come to me, because we know that's the answer. I mean, honestly, don't we know that? We know that that's the answer. That if we can just have a relationship with Jesus, if we can really get to that place where we know him and we allow him to operate and function in our lives, we allow him to minister to and through us, and we have this ongoing conversation. You know, Jesus didn't come to create a religion. He came to build relationships. He came to reconcile mankind back into relationship with God. And we think we said ourselves, I can just get to him. And that's true because he is the answer. Jesus is the answer. 
A system is not the answer. An idea is not the answer. A philosophy is not the answer. Jesus himself, the person Jesus, is the answer. But he's saying something to us here. He's saying to us, if you want true rest, if you want true peace, if you want true joy, then come to me. But there's something you have to do when you come to me. And this is what we have to do when we come to him. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. Listen, he's saying to us, it's not just enough to come to me, but you have to come to me and yoke up in my yoke. In other words, my way, my will, my purpose, yoke yourself up with that. And you'll find that it's not a heavy burden. It's not a burden that will weigh you down. It's a burden that will give you life. It's not a burden that will steal life from you, but it's a burden that will breathe life into you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light, he says. Now, he's not saying that it's easy to be a Christian or it's easy to follow Christ all the time, but he's saying that the weight he will put on us, he will free us from all that anxiety and fear and doubt and selfishness and self-centeredness and he will free us from all of that and sinfulness and rebellion. And he will set us free because when we're set free, we're not just set free from something, but we're set free to something. It's kind of this, this word we use, sanctification. In other words, God sets us apart for his use. And he frees us from those things that would hold us back. And he gives us peace and takes out that thing that causes friction and tension between he and us. His burden is easy. His burden is light. But there is a necessity to take up his yoke. In other words, submit to him. He's telling us that that true life, that true joy, that divine rest, that peace are found in just godly submission. I mean, when Gabriel came to Mary and he told her, Mary, I mean, he said, he said the first thing, he said, Mary, blessed are you among women. I mean, I mean, can you imagine an, I mean, can you imagine just an angel showing up in your house? I mean, to begin with, I mean, how that must have been shocking to her. I mean, Janae was so shocked when I ran back through the door. Can you imagine just a spiritual presence? Gabriel, the messenger of God, the ancient angel, walks through your house, the door of your house, and just comes in and starts talking to you. Mary, blessed are you among women. And he begins to share with her the God's view of her, that God, Yahweh, Jehovah, sees her as special and sees her as wonderful and wants to use her life to do something significant. I mean, this has to be shocking. The Bible said she was in awe and dismayed and wondered what kind of message could this be? What was he going to say next? And then he began to tell her that she was going to have a son. She'd call his name Jesus, and he'd be the Savior of the world. I mean, it just, it just keeps getting more and more and more intense. I mean, talking about a shock, talking about an unexpected turn of events. Yet as he continues to talk to her, she begins to see. She begins to understand. She begins to get it that, man, there's something here for me. God has chosen me. God has picked me church today let me let me just say this to you that the bible says that no man can come to god unless i mean come to jesus unless the father draws him and 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 i just want you to know that the holy spirit chose you picked you you know the bible says that all god would have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth and that's true but it doesn't change the fact that individually he picked you he chose you he came after you you may feel like you found him, but the truth is he found you. What a privilege. What an honor that God, the, the creator of all things, wants to have a relationship with us, wants to be in communion with us. And this is how Mary saw it. And because she saw it this way, that this is a privilege, this is an honor, this is a good thing, because she saw it this way, she was able to immediately say, I'm a servant of God. Now, 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 now what she was saying is before, before I am a wife, but before I am a young lady, before I am a, a person with dreams and passions and, and desires for my life, but before I'm any of that, before I'm a friend, before 
I am a mother or a father. Before you hear what I'm saying, more, before I am anything else, I am a servant of the Lord. I, I, am, I am a servant of the Lord, Yahweh, the Lord, the king of my heart, the ruler of my life, and I serve him. I am at his beck and call. I am at his mercy I want to do what he desires. His way is what I want to be my way. His desires are what I want my desires to be. His thoughts, I want my thoughts to be his thoughts. I want to surrender and be in such relationship with him, such communion with him, that who he is reveals who I am, and I bring glory to his name through the essence of my life. So she was able to say, I'm a servant of the Lord, and whatever you say God wants to do in my life, do it. Now, I know Jesus was the Son of God. And I know that, that, that he was filled with the Holy Spirit without measure, the Bible says. But you can't tell me that the heart of Mary didn't influence Jesus. Because isn't this the same thing that Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane? I mean, come on, let's be honest about it. it isn't this the same thing? Isn't, is, it, her whole life was about to change. Her whole life was about to be turned upside down. Her whole life was going to take a completely different trajectory than she ever imagined. Isn't it the same prayer that Jesus prayed in the garden as he was preparing to go to the cross, as he was preparing to be arrested, as he was preparing to pay the penalty for the sins of mankind? Wasn't he in the garden saying, God... If there's any way for this to pass, because it's going to be so painful and so hard, if we can do it another way, let's do it. But not my will, your will be done. Jesus was saying, I'm your servant, Father. Whatever you want for me, that's what I'll do. It's not hard to draw a line between a mother who lives and thinks that way and a son who lives and thinks that way. Mary was an incredible, incredible young woman. But can I just tell you that Mary was no different than you or I. She was a human, young girl. She has no divinity, just a person, but a person who is willing to be used by God. And that's where joy is. Joy number two is the joy of history or the joy of his story, the gospel. In, in this, in this uh, Mary's song, you'll see the gospel message. You'll see the, the, the prophetic vision of God making promises to his people and then keeping those promises. You'll, you'll see the, 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 the literal redemption of mankind in this song. You'll see what God has intended and what he, he wanted to do. And here's this young girl who submits to whatever God wants to do in her life, and then she has this joy of the story. The story. Not a story, but the story. Not a story of good things and fairy tales and good, you know, just happy endings. No, the story of all mankind. The story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The score, story that centers around uh, our Savior being crucified. The story that required Him to humiliate Himself and become man. The, the story of Him teaching and preaching and loving and caring. and The, the story of Him healing and, and, and delivering and raising from the dead. The story of Him declaring the Word and giving us His Word and being the Word. and The story of Him not allowing death to hold Him after paying the penalty of mankind's sin, but defeating the grave and killing death and rising from the dead and the story of him ascending to the father and sending the holy spirit to help us and empower us to become everything that he created us to be the story that culminates in the return of jesus christ and the setting up of his kingdom and i'm just telling you right now that's the story of this girl's life she was living herself as a general part of that story the jewish people and the jewish history but she now becomes a very specific, purposeful part of that story. A catalyst, if you will, to carry that story into manifestation into the earth. Oh my gosh, 
How can we not see this, that this is the very thing that God is trying to do with us today? That God is impregnating us with His message, His gospel, His story, His Son. And He wants us to give birth to that over and over and over and over again. He has given us the honor and the privilege to carry, like Mary carried Jesus. He's given us the honor and privilege to carry His gospel. In in Scripture, Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through 55 says this, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as He promised our ancestors. She's praising God. She's praising God. She has so much joy. She's enraptured, enraptured with joy, and joy is erupting out of her. I, I just love how it, it talks about the joy of the Lord. She's praising God because His plan is to bless her personally. She sees this as a blessing, and, and what a blessing it is to be the one. But think about her life, not just then, But think about her life over the next couple of years, over the next few years. Think about her life was so impacted by this change, this addition, this unexpected vision from God, this unexpected purpose, this unexpected call of God on her life. She surrendered to it. Why? Because she saw it as a blessing. My prayer for us today, believers, is that we see the joy of his story. We see the joy of the gospel. And we see that God's purpose for us is that we become impregnated with that gospel and that we give birth to that gospel with our words and with our lives and with our actions. And we see God do great things and change other people's lives as a result of us carrying his story. Because it's not just about the purpose of the kingdom. It's not just about the purpose of the overall church. It's about you and it's about me as individuals This is a blessing that we've been given. This is a blessing that we've been given. She's praising God because His plan is to bless her personally. And to fulfill, His plan is to fulfill His plan purposefully. It is to keep His promise powerfully. Luke chapter 4 verse 17 through 21. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to Him. This is when Jesus had just come out of the wilderness and He had been tempted by the devil and now he come through and he's victorious over that and he went into the temple and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him unrolling it he found a place where it is written the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to pray proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor then he rolled up the scroll he gave it back to the attendant he sat down The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is the good news. This is what Mary was talking about in that song. She was saying, God, he he called me to, to send the Messiah through me. He wants me to carry his son and manifest the presence of the Messiah into the earth. He's called me, he's blessed me with that. But not only he's blessed me, this is the keeping of his promise to the children of Israel. This is the bringing of justice and righteousness. This is the bringing of holiness and happiness. This is the bringing of, of, of joy and of peace and, and, and the, the, the salvation of all mankind. This is good news. This is the joy of his story. What joy, what joy. There is in the gospel. It's joy from start to finish. It's freedom from the captivity of sin. It's deliverance from bondage of iniquity. It's love in place of hate. It's peace in place of conflict. It starts with the birth of Jesus. It involves his ministry. It culminates in the crucifixion and resolves at the resurrection of Jesus. 
I love what Tim Keller, Keller, he said. He said, the Christian gospel is that I am so flawed that Jesus had to die for me, yet I'm so loved and valued that Jesus was glad to die for me. This leads to deep humility and deep confidence at the same time. It undermines both swaggering and sniveling. I cannot feel superior to anyone, and yet I have nothing to prove to anyone. I do not think more of myself or less of myself. Instead, I think of myself less. That is what the gospel does. That is what the gospel is. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says this. Paul the apostle writing, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew and then to the Gentile. C.H. Spurgeon said this, Charles Spurgeon, I, I love to read after him, and he said, he said something very interesting. He said, when we preach Christ crucified, we have no reason to stammer or stutter or hesitate or apologize. There is nothing in the gospel of which we have any cause to be ashamed. <laughs> I, I, I'm, just, I'm just so filled with the joy of the gospel today. So filled with the joy of the gospel. There's so much joy in this good news that even though we're imperfect, even though that we have fallen, even though that sin has stolen life from us, even though that sin has divided us and separated us from a relationship with God, Jesus came and He gave His life so that we could be set free. There is no greater joy than that. Joy number three. The joy of a kept promise. You know, Adam and Eve fell. And when they fell, God created them, and He created them with free will. So He knew they had a propensity to fall and to make a choice to go their own way, like a sheep that decides to go into another pasture. And, and they did it. They made a mistake. They, they did the one thing that God asked them not to do. After giving them everything, He said, there's one thing, don't do it. And they did it, and they fell. But He had a plan and purpose already. And He made a promise when He was judging each person in the situation judging Eve, judging Adam, judging the snake, the serpent, judging the earth as a result of sin everything began to to um, digress from that moment but here's what God said in that moment, he promised something, Genesis chapter 3 verse 14 through 15 he said, so the Lord God said to the serpent because you have done this Cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You'll crawl on your belly. You'll eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That promise was made at the beginning of creation and it was kept on the cross on Golgotha through the life of Jesus. The third joy we have is the joy of God keeping His promises. God promised Abraham that he would have a seed that was like stars of the sky and sands of the seashore. And he was an old man with no children. But God loved Abraham and God saw faith in Abraham and counted it as righteousness to him. And He promised him, you will have a son. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11 through 12 says, And by faith even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children, because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, his good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. God made a promise and He kept a promise. And He told Abraham, listen, not only will you have biological children, but you'll have children that are not that are innumerable. You're not able to count them because there are a lot of spiritual children like us that have been grafted into His family by a relationship with Jesus Christ and coming into the family of God. Uh, we are grafted in with the family of Abraham. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing the promises that God keeps. God gave David a promise, and his promise culminated in Jesus. Psalms 89, verse 3 through 4 said, You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. We have joy, church, because God cannot lie. 
and he has been faithful to his promises and he will be faithful to promises still yet to be fulfilled he told Adam and Eve that their seed would crush the head of the serpent it's done and ultimately it will be completely done at the end of time he told Abraham he would make his seed like the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore and it would go on forever done he told David I will give you an everlasting kingdom your descendants will set on the throne forever and his kingdom shall be no end it has begun and will be completed at the end of time as we enter into eternity he told the prophets we, that he would send a savior who would die for his people once and for all and who would raise from the dead done he told the early, early church he would send them the holy spirit to empower them done he told us all he will return and that too will be done because we serve a God who is not a man that he should lie we can have joy in the fact that God makes promises and God keeps promises and I just want to encourage you not only for the word of God the promises that have been made to you but what promises have God spoken into your heart and spoken into your spirit hold on to the promises of God don't let them go because some time has passed or because you're getting impatient or because you're afraid or you're letting doubt creep in come on God will keep his promises and you can have joy and just rest in that just rest and just have joy that the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ we have so many reasons to have joy there's joy in submission there's joy in his story the gospel there's joy because of kept promises let's have joy and let's spread the joy Christmas is all about joy. Do you remember the scripture in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 11? It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. In the Song of Mary, we find praise to an amazing God. Submission to His will is our role. The story of the gospel is worth submitting to. It's a privilege. And the sealing of the promises of God come through Jesus. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. So let's make a commitment this, this month and, and, and for the rest of our life to spread this joy to everyone, the joy of the gospel. There's a very challenging quote that I close with. Charles Spurgeon said this, I will not believe that thou hast tasted of the honey of the gospel if thou can eat it at all to thyself. He was saying, I just cannot believe that you have tasted, experienced the gospel of Christ if you would not share it with someone else. <laughs> because when you've really experienced this joy, you want everybody you know and everybody you don't know to experience it as well. Do you know Jesus today? Do you have this kind of joy in your life? Do you have this kind of peace? Do you have this kind of knowing that God is going to take care of everything and it's going to be okay no matter how things look in our life. Do you want to know Him? I just want to encourage you today as we're only church online this weekend. Next weekend we'll be back in person and online. But I want to encourage you today, if you don't know Christ, that there's a pastor that would like to pray for you. There's a, a person who'd like to pray for you. So just let us know in the comments or direct message or just uh, click on that uh, that tab that says pastor or want to pray or whatever and and absolutely make that commitment they'll tell you on on the screen here what to do i may have messed that up but they'll tell you on the screen what to do but if you want to make a decision to follow christ today today's your day get this joy that we're talking about jesus came for you for you if you had been the only one he would still have come for you just want you to know today you're loved jesus loves you and he wants to be the savior of your life and the joy and peace that you can have.
Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your word today, and we ask you, God, to help us. And if there's anybody today that needs to make a decision to follow you, I ask that you help them, give them the strength to just follow through and take the steps they need to take to pray with someone and to get the materials so that they can grow in their faith and grow in their relationship with you. God, give them joy, give them peace, and deliver them from all the things that would bind them so that they can be truly, truly free in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just praying and believing God's going to make us all what we need to be so that we can spread the joy. This week, we're going to put some things up on our Facebook, on our website, on every social media outlet of how to spread the joy and some different things we're going to be doing and some different things you can do as an individual to spread the joy in our community. We want to be a lifter of the community. We want to be an encouragement of mankind. We want to do what God has called us to do. So thank you so much for being a part of Church Online today. And I just want to encourage you, thank you so much for being generous. Thank you for continuing to give. Listen, a lot of times when we go through difficult circumstances and we start thinking about the future and we get afraid, we have a tendency to kind of hold back. I want to encourage you, don't do that. You continue to obey God and God give God that direct conduit to be able to minister to your life financially and spiritually and provide for you. Don't ask me why God set things up the way He did. I I don't understand it all, but I know that it is important to him. And I I know it's important for that ministry go forward. And the only way that happens is if we all come together and give and are generous towards the kingdom of God and the purposes of God. Um, You know, I want to just encourage you that, you know, when Jesus was born, there were wise men that came. And he was probably two years old by the time the wise men got there. And they went into the house. And when they came and they saw the king, what did they do? There were two things they did. The Bible says when they saw him, they bowed on their knees and they worshiped him. And the very next thing they did is they got into their treasure and gave him a gift. You know, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There are many theologians that believe that that helped them finance all that moving around they had to do and even helped start the ministry of Jesus later on in life. So I want to encourage you to be that person, be that, be that wise person that says, look, when you come into the presence of the king, you bring two things. You bring your worship and you bring your offering and you give it willingly and with a cheerful heart because you're honored to do so. Matthew chapter 2, verse 11 says, And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened up their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Hey, let me just bless you before we go today. If you just hold your hands out like this, I want to bless you as your pastor. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his countenance toward you and give you peace and grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now go out and spread the joy. God bless you.